Hello, welcome back to the And One More Thing podcast. I'm Colton Moore. It is Monday afternoon. Yes, that's right, Monday. I skipped Friday, just didn't feel like it. On a Friday, it had been a long week. Just wanted to listen to my tunes and kind of just, just listen to music on the way home on Friday. Got to do that every once in a while. Um, but Monday's a great day for a recap of the NFL weekend. We've got Bears and Seahawks tonight. Uh, but the story of the day, well, two stories of the day. Um, well, there's a handful of stories about the NFL. And uh, so we'll start with uh, Fitzmagic. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 2-0. Ryan Fitzpatrick on pace to throw 64 touchdowns and 6,400 yards if he keeps up this pace. Those might both be records. I'm not sure. But he is playing lights out. And uh, he came out looking like... Excuse me. He came out looking like Conor McGregor to the post-game press conference. It was pretty funny. And then Deshaun Jackson comes out with no shirt on. So Fitzpatrick looks up. He's like, oh, sorry, DJ. Y'all, I got like two more questions. DJ needs his shirt back. Uh, that was pretty classy. Uh, in the words of uh, Dan Lebetard's two gods today, is there anyone less like Conor McGregor than Ryan Fitzpatrick? Because uh, there may not be. Not in the NFL, anyway. Maybe Sam Bradford. That's about it. Uh, but that's, uh, that's a big storyline. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Buccaneers beating the defending Super Bowl champions. And then followed up with that. This, this is a journeyman career backup. Had his stints as a starter and never, it never really pans out. And uh, if he keeps his pace up, man, he's... Who knows what can happen? That being said, someone else playing lights out already this season is rookie, well, second-year quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Has 10 touchdowns over the first two games. So for those of you keeping track, it's keeping track at home. That would average out to five touchdowns a game, five times 16, or 10 times eight is 80 touchdowns. So I'll pace for 80 touchdowns. I don't know how many yards Patrick Mahomes has, but uh, I know Ryan Fitzpatrick has over 800 yards in two games, which is downright insane. And speaking of Ryan Fitzpatrick, used to be the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills had a veteran cornerback in Vontae Davis. They just signed to a one-year contract this year who uh, was inactive last week. Played, started this week. Made it to halftime when they were down 28-7, and he just had enough. He said, you know what? I'm not here for this anymore. And he retired at halftime. He just got dressed and left. Who does that? Man, you got to finish out the game for your team. You can retire in your post-game press conference, for Pete's sake. you gotta, you got to finish the game out. You can't just retire at halftime, people. And that's a former Illini, so I, it's, a little, it's a little upsetting. But uh, it does make for some pretty good entertainment. 
Um, but the big story everyone's talking about are these stinking roughing the passer calls. Roughing the quarterback. You can't even breathe on a quarterback without getting a penalty. And I know I've told you guys, just accept the rules and don't complain about them because they're the rules. But the refs got to call it right. At the end of the game, the Packers are down. Packers are up by eight points and the Vikings are driving. Right? There's like a minute and a half left in the game. And uh, Kirk Cousins drops back. Heavy pressure from Clay Matthews. He throws up a prayer. And it is a... Uh, that prayer was not answered, let me tell you. It was, a, it was an awful throw. Easily picked off by Jair, Jair Alexander. This game's over, folks. It's over. Packers have won. Then you look back, and there's a yellow flag on the ground. Piece of dirty laundry. They show the replay. And they're going to call Clay Matthews for roughing the passer. Because as Kirk Cousins was throwing, Clay Matthews hits him. During the process of the throw, a legal hit hits him at mid-level in the belly button with a shoulder. Kirk Cousins is in the process of throwing, so he's not balanced. His, his front leg is already off the ground. As Clay Matthews hits him, the back leg comes off the ground, and Clay Matthews just rolls on through. He doesn't pick up at the knees and drive him into the ground. He just tries to roll through it so he doesn't land on him or anything like that, and he gets called for roughing the passer. Because the way physics works made it look like he picked up Kirk Cousins and drove him into the ground. But he did not do that. But he gets a 15-yard penalty. That's a first down for the Vikings. Uh, overturns the interception. And the Vikings go on to score. And then they convert on the two-point conversion, sends it to overtime. Uh, they miss, uh, you know, we stop them or whatever. And uh, then Mason Crosby hits the field goal, but he's iced. So they come back for field goal number two, and he pushes that one wide left. And then uh, and Minnesota gets the ball back. They try to kick a field goal as time expires, and uh, he also misses his third field goal of the day. Poor Danny Carlson. Um, so it's a tie in Green Bay, which will make December quite interesting, let me tell you. But it should not have been a tie in Green Bay. Because not only were the Packers receivers getting uh, molested on offense, with no calls for pass interference, well, just the one play for Devontae Adams. Okay, I'm exaggerating here. Um, not only were the refs calling phantom holding calls on touchdown passes to Jimmy Graham, But they took the game from them on a that-looked-bad penalty. That looked like you hit them too hard. That's why you threw that flag. And that's what the NFL has come to, and it's upsetting. And it makes it really, really hard to watch. And I love football, and I love watching the Green Bay Packers. But it's hard to watch when a ref can just throw a flag because, well, you hit him too hard. Guys, it's a contact sport. These guys know what they're signing up for. We gotta quit, you know, protecting these people that are in suits of armor. They need to learn to protect themselves. All right, they're in pads. Quarterbacks are in pads. 
punters are in pads and if they're not in pads that's their own stinking dang fault for wanting a little more flexibility how about you pad up maybe you won't get hurt so bad yeah it might rob three yards off your net punt average but so what folks we gotta fix it and it's not in more rules it's just not we need to strip the rules back and get rid of the pads Get rid of the shoulder pads. Get rid of the helmets. Been playing rugby just as long as they've been playing football, right? Rugby players don't have the pads. It'll take a couple cycles, season cycles, to learn how to, to play without pads. It will. People will get hurt in those couple years. But that's what football's got to go back to. we got to go back to no pads. Just, you know, you can wear the foam girdle pads on your thighs and on your butt and stuff. Maybe, maybe, you know, we gotta go back to just foam pads. None of these hard pads. Where, you know, you can wear a foam type helmet like a hockey reps wear, you know? But nothing hard. Just to cushion you against the ground. That's the only thing you should need pads for, is the ground. Yeah, we're gonna lose out on some acrobatics. Right? People won't be using their bodies as missiles anymore. But we'll get rid of these cheap, cheap penalties that these officials throw out that change the course of games. You can't have a game like that, one in the bag, and the ref says, no, you hit him too hard. Ooh, no, that looked bad. It doesn't matter if it looks bad, ref. It's a legal hit. But, having said all that, the silver lining is that the Packers are undefeated. Believe it or not. They have that tie, but they have not lost. And uh, that's about as good as can be expected considering I think a lot of people thought the Vikings would uh, come in and run right over them, and they did not. Packers actually uh, had a commanding lead in this game, and uh, that Minnesota defense is very good, and the Packers had trouble uh, completing drives, finishing drives. Um, they could move the ball pretty well, but uh, they had trouble getting at, you know, finishing drives. They settled for a lot of field goals. So, uh, But to be able to move the ball with uh, the hobbled Rodgers against uh, one of the one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, that's encouraging, and I look forward to uh, the rest of the measly competition as we as we move forward. That's it for sports. I know I was loud and aggressive. That's terribly frustrating. That's two ties this year, folks. Two ties. Already, in two weeks. That ties the record for most ties in a season. All right, peace. Catch you on the other side.
Hello and welcome back. I'm Colton Moore. This is my And One More Thing podcast. Thank you for joining me on my daily afternoon drive home. Do you guys ever freak out over little things? There's some, I can't think of any examples on top of my head, but I know there's some things that just stress me out and I freak out over. Um, but I kind of keep that to myself and I look uh, calm and collected on the outside. Right? Um, one of my... Uh, one of my personality traits that I'm, uh, I take pride in and I see it as a good quality most of the time. I know not always is it such. But uh, most things roll off me like water off a duck's back. I don't get flustered very easily about circumstances that I'm in. I understand circumstances are ultimately, um, well, there's two thoughts on that. (laughs) Circumstances are ultimately uh, a result of your choices uh, and then chance. (laughs) Sometimes you just can't help it. And a lot of times they're just a result of the choices you made. And I, I understand both of those perfectly. And so... I know that uh, any circumstance I find myself in is either by pure chance or because of the choices I made. And knowing that, there's a lot of freedom to me, and I know, well, uh, this will either resolve itself or it won't, or I can do something about it or I can't. And that's those are the only four possibilities. It will either resolve itself, and if it doesn't resolve itself, I can either do something about it or I can't. So there's three possibilities there. Um, so I say all that to say this, and um, I got a call from my wife today. <laughs> she says we almost lost Ember, and so Ember's our dog. And by the way, she said that I knew that Ember was at home and safe, and so right there, no freak out for me. I'm like, oh, wow, what happened? I kind of want to know the story. Uh, Amber got let out without a collar on because that's just how we do it. She had her um, shot collar on because she likes to bark at the neighbor dogs. We don't like it when she does that. Um, but she was chasing chipmunk, chipmunks, as is her want. And uh, she got out through um, a small section of makeshift fencing around back behind our garage. And so Katie went to go look for her, couldn't find her, was yelling for her, and she wouldn't come. And so she's freaking out, which, you know, at that point in time, I maybe would have been too had I been in the moment. Um, eventually, uh, there's a lady out walking a dog, and, you know, Ember likes to bark at other dogs. So she, uh, sorry about that, someone was calling me. She, uh, Ember came running at this other dog and barking and Katie saw her was able to get her and bring her in the house uh, at which point she called me granted she was a, she was scared that Ember had run off and so she starts crying <laughs> and I'm like I'm sorry but there's nothing I can do right now but Ember's home and she's okay so it's going to be okay I will see uh, what I can do about the fence when I get home and I felt really bad because there's nothing I could do at that point in time because I knew everything was okay and there was no reason for me to get, you know, flustered about it. But, uh, I just, looking back on that now, I see it kind of, kind of as a funny situation. I know, uh, Katie does not. Um, it's just, I don't know, 
part of my uh, unflappable personality. Which is funny. Uh, I worked at a camp one summer, and I, one of my buddies there, his camp name was Drumline uh, because he was a percussionist and uh, because he was very even-keeled and uh, unflappable. And, you know, it was like a straight line. Um, but anyway, just thought that was a funny story. Uh, yeah, and I... I don't know what it is about me um, that I... I'm just not real emotional about things. I get emotional about sports, obviously. Uh, and, like, I tear up at most movies, especially. Like, Disney, I was watching Coco with my kids the other day, and I'm just, tears just streaming out of my face. Just wiping away, sniffing. Surprised my three-year-old didn't ask me what was wrong. He didn't pay attention, I guess. Uh, like, that's the, like, but I'm not going to sit there and, like, sob and cry, you know? It's just tears, and I'm... But I don't know. I've, I've been a sucker for sad movies since, uh, I don't know, senior high school. I started noticing that I'm getting, I get, get a little choked up in sad moments in movies. Like stuff like that hits me emotionally, and songs hit me emotionally. But like circumstances just don't. I don't get, I and I don't. Maybe that's an, a choice I made at one point. Like. I made the choice that, like I mentioned earlier, that these circumstances are a result of my choices. I have no reason to be upset about them because I caused this. Or, this is just complete chance. This is how choices happen. There's nothing I could have done to avoid this. Or there's nothing that I did to cause this. And, like, I don't know, there's freedom in that to me, just knowing it's either my fault or it's not. And if it's not my fault, typically there was nothing I could do to avoid it. It could have happened to anyone. And I, you, it's hard to get mad at a roll of the dice. Unless you're playing a game. And then it's perfectly okay to get mad at a roll of the dice. I don't know. It's just... I know that makes no sense. Like, I think it makes sense, but I also know that it doesn't. And that's kind of how... That's how life is. Life makes sense, and also it doesn't. And uh, that's apparently how I'm going to talk today. I'm going to talk in riddles that make sense and don't. And uh, I hope you're okay with that. Because that's all I got. That's the best way I can explain it. So, there. All right, folks, that's all I got on that topic today. We'll be back in just a second here after the sound, and uh, we'll switch it up once more. Peace. Hello, welcome back to the In One More Thing podcast. I'm Colton Moore. This is my drive home, and here's some more thoughts. I'm switching back to football, folks. Sorry, I know you thought you were done with it for today, but I just heard some news. And it's a little bit frustrating. Like I said, I get emotional when it comes to football. Especially when it comes to the Packers. And then also, especially when it comes to the teams that I absolutely hate. Like the Cowboys and the Patriots. Notice, I didn't say Bears. I don't hate the Bears unless the Packers are playing the Bears. 
I want the Bears to do well because I want the division to be tough. There's that. Um, I hope we beat them, and I enjoy when they lose, even if the Packers aren't playing them. Don't get me wrong. I do enjoy when they lose. But I want the NFC North to be the toughest division in football. I just do. And I think it's pretty close. That being said, the news is because of the Patriots, those cheating son of a guns over there, And to all you Tom Brady fans that say, Tom Brady never has elite talent. He's the greatest of all time because he's throwing to a bunch of white guys. No. Tom Brady is setting records with Randy Moss. And now the Patriots just got Josh freaking Gordon, the most athletic person in the league. The most athletic person in the league, Josh Gordon, for a fifth-round pick from the Browns. And if Josh Gordon, who... has 14 games left this season. If he doesn't play in at least 10 of those, the Browns have to send additional compensation to the Patriots. So the Patriots traded to get him. They gave up a fifth round pick. A fifth round, late round draft pick. And then if Josh Gordon misses more than four games, which he's going to probably miss at least one. I mean, he's already got a hamstring injury, right? He may or may not get a suspension for drug abuse, but he's going to play in some games for the Patriots, and it's very likely he won't play in ten whole games. It's very likely. Well, he won't play in at least ten games. So they will have given up less than a fifth-round pick, basically, for Josh Gordon. And did I say he's the most athletic person in the league? Because he is, folks. You tell me Tom Brady never has any talent. He's always got the best talent. Maybe not right when the season starts. But he's always got the best talent. And he's still got Gronk, who's getting older. But he's still a stinging polar bear on a leash. Come on, folks. It's just not fair. These guys are cheating. They're cheating. The game's cheating, man. Don't want the game cheat. But Patriots still lost to Jacksonville yesterday, so suck on that. Sorry about that, folks. Had to get it off my chest. Figured this was a great platform. Um, let's talk. Let's continue to talk about the Patriots here. Um, Bill Belichick is a known cheater because he will illegally filmed the opposing team's practices. When there's plenty of legal ways to do that, he did it illegally. Uh, Tom Brady's a cheater when he compensated the equipment staff to make sure the balls were deflated below regulation because of his tiny little hands that can hold on real football. And then he lied about it. He destroyed his phone so there was no evidence quote unquote why they didn't subpoena the stinking phone company. They save all those text messages. Um, I just don't like Tom Brady. Tom Brady is without a doubt the most accomplished quarterback of all time. Notice I did not say he is the greatest quarterback of all time or the best quarterback of all time. He's the most accomplished. 
a lot of that is through sheer luck. A lot of that is through uh, the NFL making it easier for him. Kind of paving the way for the Patriots to be successful in the wake of 9-11. Folks, Tom Brady can make some great throws. He does have elite talent. But I would love to see him on a different team with a different coach. I don't think you put Tom Brady on the Browns. They're automatic playoff contenders. I just don't think that. Even though they've got the talent on there, I just don't think they've got the coaching and the play calling. However, I do think you put Aaron Rodgers on the Browns, they become playoff contenders. Because Aaron Rodgers has the X factor. He can improvise. I don't think Brady can. Brady has been in the same system for so long. He knows it in and out. He can make the audibles or whatever, but that's just still to the same place. Brady can't backyard football it, folks. He can't. He's not mobile enough, for one. And that's just... That's not a skill set. He has a great football mind. There's no doubt about that. But I will say it here, and I'm sure I'll say it again. Aaron Rodgers would wipe the floor with Tom Brady in a quarterback skills competition. And given if they were in the same locker room, on the same squad, competing for a starting spot, Rodgers would win the starting spot. He would. Fact. Uh, And I think there's a lot of other quarterbacks out there that would beat out Tom Brady for a starting position based on measurables. I know it's hard to do that for quarterbacks. You know, we have the scouting combine, and that doesn't tell us a whole lot. The measurables don't do a whole lot, but they are important. We keep stats for a reason, folks. Tom Brady is a, is a competitor for sure. Anybody who's stooped to cheat is obviously very competitive. Brady's also a very sore loser, which most competitive people are. I'm not holding that against him, except for I am. I'm just tired of the stinking Brady love, folks. He's not that great. He's had a great kicker, he's had a great coach, and he's always had a great supporting cast. They said this year, this is the worst supporting cast Tom Brady's ever had. Well, guess what? Now he's got the most physically gifted wide receiver to ever play the game. He's not as tall. He doesn't have the reach of Randy Moss. But he can jump out the gym and he'll catch anything you throw at him. It's just not fair, folks. It's just not fair. My team's got the most physically gifted quarterback to ever play the game. The best measurables at quarterback. The best skill set. This probably the best football mind probably maybe not but probably the only thing he doesn't have is good play calling and um, elite talent around him he's got a couple of really good guys Devontae Adams is a really good guy but it's hard to know for sure 
how good these Packers players are because they're playing with Rodgers. But how do I know Devontae Adams is good? Is He was good even with Brett Hundley. He was still good. So he's got that going for him. Anyway, seeing that they got Josh Gordon for a fifth-round pick, frustrating. And I really hope, I really want Josh Gordon to be successful in this league. I don't want him to be successful on the Patriots. You know, I, I, and I hate to say it, I don't think he's going to play. I really don't. Um, from the way the Browns acted, um, he has fallen off the wagon, folks. Is what they, what the way they made, they way they painted that picture, is that he is struggling with his sobriety. And when you have the disease called addiction, that's something you do. You struggle, and hopefully he can work through that. Hopefully, he can. He realizes. Hopefully, he realizes what he's sacrificing by doing that and uh, can make the right changes, you know? Sounded like he made those changes over the offseason and during his time off. Uh, but obviously the Browns thought he didn't. So it'd be interesting to see um, if the league tests him or, or what happens. Um, but like I said, I really hope he's successful. And uh, I, just, I just wish it wasn't on the Patriots. But... It, it very well may be, and that's going to be really, really frustrating because he was on the Browns, and he could have been he could have been the Browns' savior. He really could have. He could have been the force that turned that franchise around, and uh, he wasted that opportunity, and he betrayed the trust of that organization, and they finally had enough of it. So we'll see what he does moving forward. That's all I got today, folks. Nice, short day. Um, but I had fun. I hope y'all did too. Uh, you'll hear from me soon. Peace.